Hello, welcome to Influence Weekly, The Takeaway. So this uh, episode is going to be uh, based on Influence Weekly number 76, which just went out uh, on Friday. Um, and what we're going to do, we're going to do something slightly different from the very first episode. Um, going to try to get through this quicker and with more oomph, get you to the takeaways faster. So um, we have two big sections here. Um, one is going to be the countdown. Um, it's five articles. These are the most clicked on, and here's what uh, was the most interesting point of the article. And then I'll get into uh, what's not in the newsletter. Um, and it'll be the one topic that's on everybody's mind and everybody's talking about and I didn't include. And you'll hear my take on that. Um just a caution, there is going to be strong language in this episode, not in the beginning, but definitely when we get to what's not in the newsletter. Um, just a caution, there will be strong language, adult language. This is an adults-only episode of Influence Weekly, The Takeaway. So the main, uh, the top most uh, clicked article this week was what drives digital purchases. Um, what was interesting about this article was that it wasn't even an article about necessarily about influencer marketing. It was a, actually an article about um, audio, audio um, search and Alexa. And it used, um, it, it sort of mentioned uh, influencers as the really big uh, uh, digital intent uh, or purchase intent um, uh, factors. You know, it brought up this point that more than so in a survey, it said more than half, actually just over half, like fifty-two percent, more than half of those surveyed use social media, and they've said uh, that they've clicked on an influencer's post. That's interesting. A that they recall clicking on an influencer's post, that they clearly delineate the difference between an influencer and anything else, their friends and family. Um, but what's absolutely incredible is that nearly a third of those, 31%, have gone on to buy the item. So that means generally if, if just 50% click and then 31% of those uh, purchase, that's like a 15% purchase rate. Um, and I do get that the, what the, what let's go deeper into this statistic and really understand that like you're asking a group of people, um, at some point in the past, have you, have you uh, clicked? And so there's going to be some percentage of, yeah, we've seen, you know, 233 pieces of influencer content and only clicked on one. They would say yes. So so I get that. But this is a really interesting statistic. It's really strong. Um, the percentages are higher, way higher than I would ever imagine. Um, for actually clicking and, and purchasing. Um you know, and, and the fact that there's not necessarily brand recall, but the recall of the going through that, they're, they're not um, embarrassed or um, it's not diminishing the fact that they're influencers. They know fully well they're influencers. They fully know, fully well know they're being sold to. They know it's an ad. They know what's going on and they still purchase it. It's still helpful to them. And that's pretty cool. Um, I, that makes me excited about this industry. Um, and it also makes me think I want to go deeper into those stats a little. Um, 
a little format I'm playing with um, later this week is um, to go through a single statistic and and really deep dive into where that statistic came from, uh, what methodology they they brought in. And, and this is an example of something that I really, really, really like to really just deep dive into deeper, way deeper, but it's going to take, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of discussing through what this methodology was, how do they do it, and, and, and why does it matter they did it that way to get this conclusion. Um, so look out for that one. Um, right now we're going to kick keep going right on to um, a really strange article for me to include in the newsletter is about uh, somebody's um, uh, they, they, somebody in Canada has one of the test accounts in which they took off the likes. Um, like I said, last week is I did not include any, um, at least last, last week, I didn't include any articles about um, missing the taking away the likes. Because there was no information, everyone had just opinions about it. This time, this week, this guy um, has firsthand knowledge. He he shows screenshots of what it looks like, and he tells his his own opinion about what it's like to not have any likes. Um, a few things about the, this, just like really, it was a really quick write up. Is one he mentions he didn't feel like he missed the likes, and that he's very much aware that the likes are gone though. Right. Like like the entire point of the article is like, hey, look, the, the likes are gone, but that he didn't miss them. Um, this is a bit like Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat, um, where, you know, if if you didn't look for the likes, would you know that they're missing? If you did look for the likes and you notice they're missing, it's like what what is really going on here? Um and it's on his own personal, right? He, he mentioned in the article, he's like, look, here's my account and here's what it looks like without likes. And he can still look at the likes that he got. But what does that look like as a user um, is still up for debate and still, you know, the test is still going on and, and just thankfully just starting. Um, and we'll see. I can't wait to see any more. Um, art. I can't wait to see more articles about this and people's reaction to this. Um and more than that, I would love to see sort of like a, and obviously Instagram won't probably won't most likely won't uh, release this information, but A/B tests of like, do people care? Did they care before? Like, what percentage of people cared before, and what people, what percentage of people care now? Like, I'd be really interested to go deeper into this, but obviously we're we're lacking of information, so let's move on. Um, third article that was uh, the most clicked on and 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 really well. Uh, liked really good information was um, General Mills announced that they're um, spending more on influencers, um, and a big number, a third of their digital spend. So, so a that's digital spend. So that's not as ne- it's not necessarily all of their marketing, um, but a third of their digital spend is a it's a large percentage, um, and they're doing this without knowing the answers. Literally, the <coughs> sorry. Literally, the guy going through it um, in charge here, he says it's a license to go and figure things out because we haven't got all the answers. So it's still, and and this, and, and what they mentioned is they still leave the question unanswered of how to measure influencer marketing. Is the answer going to be figured out if a brand does it directly? I actually don't think so. My premonition is that uh, a brand doing it themselves is neither better nor worse than an agency doing it. Um, that this is not to deride agencies. In fact, I think an agency's expertise, even one, two, three years 
in the industry doing influencer marketing each and every week, doing at least one or two campaigns a week, has a huge, huge moat and, and huge experience above and beyond an in-house team. What I actually have heard in the industry more times than anything else about how a brand would get an in-house agency is they just hire people from an agency to come in-house. Is that good or bad? Uh, my personal belief is that everybody's better if you get a wide variety of expertise. If you are doing you know, campaigns in the food and beverage industry and then the hotel industry and then doing one for, say, um, movies and then going to B2B, like you're going to learn different tactics from all of those different campaigns, what works and what doesn't, and you can apply all of those learnings to them. Do you really want to like go to, Mer say, for instance, Radisson, and only work with hotel in, in the hotel and hospitality industry for three years. Yes and no. Again, maybe there's um, some educational aspects that just haven't been created yet. Education that we can sort of do a boot camps or some kind of like sharing of information across um, industries. And so someone could be a, a very much a um, expert in an industry and still get the information from other industries. Um, but really what I'm seeing right now is that the best people at influencer marketing are the ones who are doing it week after week after week of, in a variety of ways, using doing it for social halos, doing it for brand uh, purchase intent, doing it for brand awareness campaigns, and then like releasing of, of influencers' own products, like getting a wide variety of, of expertise. I just see right now is the best thing. So go to an agency, get them to, to do what you need done. And let them do the, the, what they do best. Um, that's what I see. But everyone has a different opinion, and I can't wait to see what comes out of this. I can't wait to see what General Mills discovers or learns um, that in, improves their use of influencers and, and possibly increases their budget. Take take out not just their digital budget, but their TV budget, their, their uh, out-of-home budget. Like, Let's see what other budgets we can take from um, to improve influencer marketing. So what's interesting is still that there's still a lot of questions to be answered. Um, moving on to uh, TikTok. I, I've i loved reading about TikTok. It seems like every week, um, every every month, uh, New, New York Times has an article about discovering TikTok. Um, this article is from Vice, and it goes through some UK um, stars, and it talks generally about um, TikTok and what they're doing um, to monetize I, uh, I, I love that, you know, TikTok campaigns are still in their infancy. It looks like and feels like it's just the best UGC or user-generated content. It's not necessarily like a separate... TikTok influencers aren't necessarily like a separate entity other than just a very popular user. Um, and so it's really exciting to see changes in the campaigns, um... Uh, and insider information is um, that the TikTok campaign actually referenced here for for how to train, train your dragon was uh, done by the Q. The Q has an influencer agency, QIU, where I f used to work, and that was like super interesting to see their handy handiwork there on display in this article. Um, so the last one we're going to talk about is. Um, uh, article about podcasts. Yes, podcasts have been on my mind since I've been starting doing this podcast um, and thinking about it for a while. 
and actually doing it. And now this, this article is fantastic uh, because it's, it's not just about like information about what's going on in podcasting. It's like, what's the next deal and what's happening very specifically with um, she media. And they're, they're launching these uh, brand new podcasts with influencers. Um, What I found fascinating was there was this stat that they mentioned that in the top 10 podcasts right now on iTunes, only two are from women. Uh, that, and then they mentioned that the gender disparity in, in podcasting mirrors what we see in other industries. And I wondered like where, obviously the answer to this is like more voices, more podcasts by more people and in a variety of different formats. I feel like what it might have happened was like the interview of the week podcast was like a great, like, this is how to get into podcasting, but I see so much creativity in other formats um, and this might be where female entrepreneurs um, and experts in uh, their fields can come in and create new formats. And I see the new formats being really, really beneficial to different diverse voices. Um, so you, cause you don't have to have the, uh, the, 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 you don't have to have the already a networker. You, you can just have a very specific uh, skill and share that in an audio format. Um, again, this, this is really close to my heart because I'm I'm creating a new format here where you're just listening to me talk about um, these topics. Um, this is not an interview of the week uh, podcast and that it was specifically meant to be like that. This is also not like hardcore history where it's a two-hour um, in-depth review. Um, what I do foresee, though, at least, and then this is just me talking about my future in podcasting, is I'm going to play with formats here. I have um, a couple of ideas that I'm going to get out this week and next week of new types of podcasts that aren't just reading articles and, and espousing about them, but going in deeper into the industry and, and talking a little bit more about what makes our industry tick. Um Mainly talking about statistics and analytics that I absolutely have loved and, and, and have dealt with for the past three to four years. Um, you're going to get a little bit of math. You're going to get a little bit of insight into that, some statistics, some depth, in-depth research reports. I can't wait to get onto that. Um, so keep listening uh, to these podcasts as I release them. The last thing I have to talk about today is what I did not include in the newsletter. Um, the biggest topic of the week and the topic of the year of the week is the uh, dis disillusion of James Charles. James Charles and Tati have a YouTube drama going on. Big fight, big drama. Everybody's talking about it. He lost 3 million subscribers. Um, and yet it didn't show up in the newsletter because this is completely negative towards the entire industry. If you have one of the top uh, influencers being, um, being just a jerk. Um, and not just a jerk, this guy ends up coming out or, or it comes out that everybody hates him that has wor worked with him. And this is really near and dear to my heart because, um, someone that I know personally, um, used to be a big YouTuber had, um, allegations against him come out. He subsequently was blacklisted, um, but if you, not but and, and if you go back and you talk to anyone who's worked with him, which I know a couple dozen people have worked with him, um, he's just a fucking asshole. Like <laughs> through and through, like it just comes out 
one way or another, uh, if you're if you're going, if you're famous in any way for a, a long time or a short time, and somebody you've done somebody wrong, it will come out. We've all had our uh, issues. We've all had, you know, things we've done that we regret, and hopefully, we've made uh, peace with them and peace with the people we've done them to. Um, you know what? Like, there is a, a certain ability for us as a consumer to separate the person and the work of creative art but uh when when it's fresh and when it's hard to deal with then you can't separate them and you just gotta like let them be for a little while um let them regret what they did and 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 make as much apologies as they can um we all do you know james gunn got fired and then rehired a year later um woody allen is still going through a bunch of issues um it's it's hard to uh, figure out where growth might come from uh, an aggressive thirst for not just fame and fortune but creating a, a creative work of art and that thirst um, and that energy might spill out into your life in other ways um, as really really bad tendencies that you should fix. Um, we should all fix the terrible things we do to ourselves and to other people. Um, what was interesting about this this issue is, um, yeah, that like it, your past and your current actions. I think your current actions speak more than your past. Um, and this, some people might say, like, oh well, he'll get over it. But like, let's see. You know, not everybody recovers from these things and not everybody can regret regret and not everybody can recover, uh, gracefully. Um, it's still to be told and I'm excited to see, you know, where this kind of thing goes. Cause social media is really, really great tool for good and for bad. Um, thankfully a few of the, the terrible things that have happened, like really, really breaking laws, um, Let's catch them. Let's let's let them go through the legal system, um, and I uh, again like that's for them to deal with it personally. Um, so yeah, that did not get in the newsletter at all. I'm thankful. I'm this is my the end of my comment about that. Um, I don't think YouTube drama is necessarily good for the industry, but it is a fact that will happen. Uh, it is hard as a person without fame and um, when you see someone famous that has done you wrong, it's very, very difficult. It's very difficult to live with yourself day in and day out without saying something. And, and, and let's say something. Let's get it out there. Hopefully everybody like uh, acts like adults and are adults um, and gets better. Let's like let's make it a learning opportunity at least. Um, and, you know, a punishment. The punishment should be due for how they, they acted and they continue to act. If they can change their ways, if they can become a better person for it, great. Um, if they can't, then we have 33,000 other creators uh, out there that you should be uh, consuming their content. Um, so looking out of uh, this week and next week, there'll be some interesting new formats, some interesting statistics coming out that um, I'm looking at uh, dealing with in, in podcast form. Um, and look out on Friday morning for another Influence Weekly. Uh, thank you for listening. Appreciate it so much. And uh, keep on coming back.